welcome back to the Basic Bible Girl Podcast. And today I want to take a look at the belief that part of being saved is dying to yourself daily. And I would even say the doctrine of dying to yourself daily. Because um, there are several religions that seem to teach this as doctrine. And I'll admit to you that for a while I even bought into this myself. It, it sounds very poetic you need to die to yourself every day and become more like Christ. And we should become more like Christ. But actually, funnily enough, what caused me to take a deeper look at this was I saw, um, not a meme, but, you know, these little inspirational sayings that pop up as images and people share them on Facebook and everything. And I saw one that actually said, um, Christianity, um, is not X, Y, and Z. It's dying to yourself every day. And I thought, oh, that, that sounds really good. I think I'm going to share that and post the verse that goes with that. But when I actually got to looking for the verse to back up that saying, um, this was the verse that I came to, that I believe that um, this belief stems from. But when I actually pulled out my Bible and looked at it, I thought, that really doesn't seem to mean um, what this saying has come to mean. You know, kind of what we talked about in my last video about how sometimes a verse can be taken out of context for so long that that just becomes the common held belief and that's what's taken as truth. So um, I actually want to look at the verse in question and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 31 and to just read it outright it says I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord I die daily and at first glance when I first read this verse I thought that sounds kind of odd like it almost sounds like bad English um, and so what do we do when a verse seems difficult to understand we read all the verses before it, and we read all the verses after it. And so in an effort to actually understand what this verse is talking about, um, and to try to understand where people get this belief from that verse that you have to die to yourself, um, whatever that is really supposed to mean, um, where that came from. And so I won't take the time to read through all of chapter 15. Um, but what I'm actually going to do is kind of give you the overview as I found it. So we'll just take a look here at verses 1 and 2 to kind of get us started. So in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 15, um, he begins, More of our brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached to you, unless you believe in vain. And then he launches into sort of like a refresher of the gospel. And so in verses 1 through 9, um, that's what he does. He, he goes, um, he kind of hits some pointers of the ministry of Jesus, um, and that he was buried and rose again on the third day. And then um, he points out that some of the apostles witnessed his resurrection. They witnessed him walking around after he was dead. 
And then verses 10 through 29, he readdresses in depth Christ's resurrection. Um, and it's worth reading if you want to take the time. It's really interesting. Um, but what I glean from this is that at this point of time, there were a lot of people doubting still that Jesus had resurrected. I mean, there are people who still doubt this. Um, the problem is, is that that is what all of Christianity hinges on. It hinges on not just that Jesus existed, but that he rose again from the dead. And so he spends quite a few verses um, really hammering in how important it is that they believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And then in verse 30, he says, Why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with the beast at Ephesus, what advantaged it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. And, you know, we know that around this point in time that um, it was not uncommon for Christians to be used as sport in arenas and to be fed uh, to wild animals in a very terrifying period of time for the Christians. And so these, we find these verses in 30 and through 32 are speaking of the persecution he suffered for preaching the gospel. And then he goes on um, in verse 33, he says, But be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. But some men will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? So then he goes on to caution. Um, beware of these deceivers who are who are going to question the resurrection. Again, as people are still doing today, you know, how is this even possible? And he warns against it. And then um, the rest of the verses in this chapter, he goes on to talk about um, the next resurrection, the, the next time Jesus comes back, when he will resurrect the saints and we will receive uh, our celestial bodies and um it's a really amazing passage. I encourage you to take the time to look at it. But getting back to our point, um, after reading all of this in context, um, I don't see how you can get that this uh, verse 31 is talking about dying to yourself spiritually, I guess. Again, I struggle to understand exactly what people mean. I'm I think sometimes they mean it, you're dying to your old ways, you're dying um, to your sinful life. Um, you know, I get it, um, but it's very important when we're talking about doctrine that we don't just throw phrases around. That's how we end up um, with incorrect doctrine in our churches. It's very important that we learn to use the right phrases um, so that people are not confused and um, we don't contradict each other as Christians. We need to find some solidarity. Um, so again, what I see in these verses 30 through 32 is they're all in reference to persecution. I, I get the overall message from these verses is what is the point 
of suffering these persecutions if Christ hasn't risen from the dead. And uh, again, this I die daily is all, ties into what he says at the bottom of verse 32 where he says, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. I don't think he literally meant we're dying tomorrow. Um, I think it's a figure of speech is that we could die. Like um, you've heard the phrase, um, I'm a dead man, you know, like, um, and you're a little kid and you break something of your mom's at home or you forget to do something she told you, you're saying, oh, I'm a dead man, you know. Um, he doesn't mean that literally. Obviously, he does not mean that I die every day. He's like, I'm basically a walking dead man because any day I could die and you could die. Um, so it's very important that we understand, you know, why we're taking a stand. Why are we suffering these persecutions and reaffirming to them that Jesus did rise from the dead and that one day we will also rise and, and go to be with him in eternity. Now, the closest I could find to trying to find some support for this belief would be in Romans chapter 6. And Romans chapter 6, I am going to take the time and we are going to kind of read through this passage um, because if we do die as Christians, we die spiritually once. We die to our old sinful man once. And I'm even going to put it to you that going around saying that we die daily is almost a little bit offensive to Jesus because Jesus didn't die every day. Um, so, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's start in Romans chapter 6 and in verse 1. So let's just jump right in here. He says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like in Christ was raised up from dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. Every time I read these verses, I think about when I was baptized, and they said, you're buried in the likeness of his death, and they dunked me, and then as soon as you come up, they say, and raised to walk in newness of life. Uh, I always, <laughs> this always makes me think of that. But he continues in verse 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. To me, these verses seem to contradict the belief that you need to die to yourself daily. Rather, if you are saved, if you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, you've already 
died in a sense. You have died spiritually and to sin, and you now live in Jesus Christ. And the point is he is trying to make here, um, I've talked about in earlier videos about baptism. Um, John the Baptist was big about this, is that um, as you come to submit yourself as baptism, you are um, essentially making a promise that you are going to live differently. Um, I've talked about the repentance of sin is a prerequisite to baptism. And we shouldn't be baptizing people who are unrepentant, um, that are not uh, saying that they're ready to live for Jesus. Um, and so that's what he's talking about. He's like, grace saves us. But just because we live under grace, does that give us a license to sin? No, it doesn't give us a license to sin. Um, but he also doesn't say anything about that you need to continue every day to die to the old man. Rather, he says, you have died. You died unto sin, and now you live for Christ. Um, and so, like I said, I, I think it's a little bit uh, offensive to Jesus to say that you have to die every day. Um, I would rather say, um, I live for Christ every day. I, I, um, I remember a bumper sticker I saw years and years ago that said, I was dead once, and I didn't like it. Well, I was dead, and I'm not anymore, and I don't have any intentions of uh, continuing to die every day. Um, but rather, I now live for Christ. Um, but let's continue to read on just a little bit more. In verse 13, uh, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Um, he's like, act like you're alive. You're dead to sin. Um, you are not going to be held accountable for that original sin debt. So act like you're alive. Live for Jesus. Live righteously. Um, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men of the affirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness and to holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Um, jump now to uh, 22. But now being made free from sin, you have become the servants of God. You have, the f you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. When you get saved, when you put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, um, you become a servant of righteousness. It's not like a get out of jail free card um, 
where you can just go and do whatever you want. Um, I've noticed some Christians get uncomfortable when we talk about being servants of righteousness. Um, but I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the idea of being a servant of Jesus Christ. I don't have a problem with the idea of being a servant uh, to the man who freed me from eternal damnation. You know, our obedience to his call to live a righteous life, I think is a, a very small thing to ask of us um, for what he did for us, for paying that ultimate sacrifice for our sins. So I hope this cleared up some of the confusion about this. I would love to hear your thoughts, whether you agree or you disagree. Um, I always love some healthy debate. You can email your questions directly to me at basicbiblegirl all one word at gmail.com or if you're listening on Facebook you can send me a private message again I'd love to hear from you 